We all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical mental suit, my physical as well as my mental suit fitness. Coffee time. And welcome to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power. This is Jason Floyd, your host, joined once again by Loretta Eaton and our guest Susan Wells today. This is the 2.0 version of today's episode. For those of you who are not in the live audience, we already recorded this episode, or thought we did, for an entire hour and 18 minutes, but uh, we had a system malfunction and uh, had to, we're now re- completely recording the uh, podcast. So I want to thank uh susan for sticking around and agreeing to conduct the interview once again i'll do anything for your coffee (laughs) (laughs) oh wow that was a shameless plug that's awesome well speaking of that i'm going to take a sip of my coffee my throat's a little dry come on (laughs) come on you you gotta admit you paid her off by giving her coffee to begin with come on so so there is her coffee the whole time there there is there is a little truth in that or a lot of truth actually if you if you would like to join the ammo cannon coffee social club and then have the opportunity to have your opinions voiced over this media we would invite you to come and participate as a guest in the hour of power and enlightenment salon and uh, we'll provide you with breakfast and a beverage of your choice and treat you as one of the family. So uh, today's episode is sponsored by Standifer Stoneworks over on Key Beach. Uh, locally fabricated stone countertops. We transform your vision into creative results. And I have to say that uh, I spoke with Dave about um, having him sponsor this episode. He has some similar uh, political uh, beliefs and ideas. Some of them may vary a little, but I think we're on the same page. I see him almost every day. And uh, he actually hooked me up with a slab of granite for our drive-through. And uh, it's a nice, it, it actually adds a nice accent to, to the drive-through that we're getting ready to put in front of the Cooking Academy School. But um, that's a, a labor of love and frustration we've been embarking on over the last year, and we're almost across the finish line. So thank you, Dave, for sponsoring today's show. He has authorized me to tell you that if you buy a new kitchen from him, he'll throw the kitchen sink in for free. So all of that and the kitchen sink. Um, so Loretta was not able to be part of the show the first time around. So everything you're getting, even though we're going to rehash some of the things we talked about, we're going to have uh, Loretta's plucky commentary uh, to be part of the, uh, <laughs> the conversation. So we're going to hit the headlines real quick. Uh, Newsweek. Moderna announces recommendation for booster shots against new variants. New variants of COVID. Who would have thunk? Hmm. Uh, did I or did I not, Loretta, predict this in a previous episode that, that Big Pharma was going to use this as a creative way to keep us dependent on forever shots? Forever. Uh, yeah. Every year. The, the guy out of Sweden said he thinks five. 
you're going to need five shots. But you think about that. It's the, only, those it's of only you two weeks. Got, it's only two weeks of masks. Don't worry. What it's only mean? two like weeks. Like five? It's going to end five up being shots. five perpetually for the rest of your life. So uh, the Watchmen, the Alaska Watchmen, they have a, a headline today that says, uh, Alaska Department of Health forwards controversial advice that pregnant women get the COVID-19 shot. Pregnant women. Because there's all kinds of empirical data that says that's a good idea, said no one ever. And then pushing it down to the uh, school-age kids. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that too. That's another market. That too. You know, we have to have complete uh, horizontal and vertical uh, uh, saturation of the market space. The school kids are already out there because I think that was either, if it wasn't in the uh, daily news, it was in the the watchman that they are recommending that children be vaccinated and i don't know maybe they read a different newspaper than the rest of us but you know i don't think it bothers kids that much i think they have to make up news for their paper so uh we had one of our more enthusiastic uh, patrons here saying goodbye um we are in the amacan coffee social club after all this is a live recorded uh, show and you will hear from time to time our coffee grinder and maybe the blender and some smashing ice and every once in a while a family or two will have a, a boisterous uh, uh, well, I think that interjection. Was the, I think that was the voice of a child crying out in the wilderness saying I don't want that damn shot, darn shot. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. Hey, you don't, you don't have like the 13 second bleeper or whatever that is here? We're going to start needing one. How about this, Loretta? You can be the delayed bleeper, like so. Right after a colorful, explicit, explicit. I can't even Ex- say the word. Explicative. Explicative. Yes. 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 yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Expletive. Uh, expletive. Yeah. There expletive. we go. Is said. Then you can just do the best Canadian buzzer you can. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So, Doctor Zink apparently uh, believes that you should all uh, have your your unborn children vaccinated in utero because that's a safe idea just like she wanted us all to make sure that um uh, we didn't kill grandma on thanksgiving last year but then she stuffed her family in a van had them somehow get through canada which was closed to the rest of us plebes and uh allow them to live the life of riley you know rock climbing and surfing and doing all these fun things in all the public parks that were empty of people because we were all locked down in the height of the worst pandemic in history. Yeah, parks which we actually should have been out running around in to get rid of some of the problems that... I know for a fact that COVID is behind every bush. Okay. So, you know, the parks are dangerous places. Anyway, uh, the Watchman also uh, has a a brief story on Governor Dunleavy using the bully pulpit to pressure Alaskans into getting the jab. The COVID jab. So we're not going to read these. He just lost the election. No. Again? No, 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 the next one. Whatever it is. He just, no. Don't you feel? I've lost count of how many times Dunleavy has lost the election in the last year. And and we're not even at the polls yet. I could forgive him for a lot of other things, but he just, as far as I'm concerned, I think that put the... That was it. Loretta he just is almost, almost speechless. Almost speechless. Almost, like I was all almost the time. Speechless. Almost speechless. <laughs> okay, so uh, the watchman also says that 15,900 Alaska federal employees 
must get COVID jab or wear masks and take tests. It's such a crime against your civil rights. You know, I'm here and you're sharing your immunities with me, uh-huh. keeping me well. Um, I went through the COVID. Uh-huh. I didn't have it as bad as you, uh, but I went to the doctor you recommended and it was a three-day drip, nose drip. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a crime what they're doing because they're, these are natural immunities yes. are being um, attacked by these vaccines. I've never had an, um, a flu shot. Well, here's, here's the thing so, I find disturbing and, and unsettling is that uh, Joe Biden uh, just came out the other day, and it used to be that, oh, well, the, the government's not going to mandate any kind of vaccines for the public. And then it was, oh, well, we're only going to mandate them for federal employees, and we'll let private business make their own decision on what they require of their employees and their customers. But now he's come out and said, anybody who uh, accepts federal funding mm. will be required to. It's almost so, so, so let me ask you this. Where did the money for the PPP come from? Where did the money for the EIDL loans come from? Well, they came from the Small Business Administration, which is a branch of the federal government. Mm-hmm. And I've argued for a long time that both of those programs were the largest taking of personal private mm. property yeah. since FDR nationalized private ownership of gold. And it will be time will bear out whether or not they use that hammer. But, um, you know, New York State is already instituting uh, COVID passports. I anticipate that we will see an uptick once again over the next couple of months in COVID refugees. I've noticed here in the shop that uh, lots of folks have been moving out of their states and coming to ours. And I implore everyone who does so, come to Alaska, experience true freedom, but leave crazy Mm -hmm. in crazy town where Mm -hmm. you came from and realize that crazy town only exists when people allow it to exist. And we don't want you to import that. That's a worse virus than yeah, cor- than yeah, COVID. Yeah, and it, it it's insidious. I had some visitors this week, and it was very strange to watch them because they come from two different states that have. They're also indoctrinated into the lockdown mask type thing, and one of the uh, young women. It took her a couple days to not wear the mask all the time, and it was funny. They got on the plane this morning, and she said, "Oh, we have to start wearing a mask." And it's just, it's pure indoctrination. And, and well, planes it, have lots of bushes on them. And as we all know, COVID is behind every bush. Well, in that mask, she's breathing in whoever it was, is breathing in her own exhaust. So yeah. it's not healthy thinking. So then she goes with it without it for a while. And then she's like, oh, I have to do this. Um, we have to also remember that in our country, uh, New York City is the uh, pilot program. Uh-huh. And what they're doing is practicing on them yeah. before they shoot it out to others. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty scary thing. So, so I think we're fortunate to be in Alaska, Dunleavy or not. So the, um, the final headline I have here is from Must Read Alaska, Suzanne Downing, super awesome. Uh, she helped us out last year. She wrote a story about our shop, did a GoFundMe campaign, long story short. We still exist today. Thank you, Suzanne. But uh, she wrote a story about uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, jumping in, supporting Kelly Shabaka for Senate. And, and, and you got to love the picture of him because mm. he's holding like a 50 cal. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't take that close a look, but it looked like mm-hmm. a 50 cal. It was a big, scary gun. Mm. You know, a mm-hmm. big, scary gun. So anyway... 
Um, I want to let folks know also that um, there is a protest being organized. For, against the jab. Oh, here. and I am I am in close communication with the organizers of the protest, and they okay. will be uh, uh, letting the social club know when the protest will occur and how it will occur. Yeah, and uh, we will be getting that information out to you on all the usual platforms, okay. and letting folks know as they come in the club, and then we'll also give updates on the podcast. It's probably going to be in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we don't have a date okay. yet from the organizers, but. Um, we will let you know about that. So if you feel that it's time to step up, speak out, be heard, push back, your opportunity is coming. So um, we're going to transition over real quick uh, because, you know, we have a very important part. It's become an important part of the show. And that is consulting the book of rules. This is Loretta's favorite part of the show. No more halitosis, okay? No, no more no halitosis. More well, we, halitosis. Already, we already received instructions on how to effectively deal with halitosis. Can we just do with, like, uh, how to deal with other people's coffee cups and <laughs> leftover meals they leave in the fridge? Well, it, we don't have to start looking at each other funny. Well, you know? well today, today we're consulting the book of rules because uh, there's this all-too-important rule that is often overlooked and probably would save a lot of angst and heartache if people would just follow this rule. This is rule 11-9. Alcohol and written electronic messages. So the transmission of written electronic messages is prohibited whenever an individual has a blood alcohol content beyond the legal driving limit in the state in which he or she currently resides. Electronic messages consist of text messages, email, or any other media in which written text is instantly transmitted to one or more individuals. A. Self-sobriety test. When, electron when electronic alcohol sensors are not readily available, self-sobriety may be determined by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance aloud without error in seven seconds or less. So for all of my friends out there who enjoy one of our fine Alaska craft beers or uh, distilled spirits, um, I know, I know exactly what you're thinking. You're like, wow, I got to try this. <laughs> Some of you may even be in a position to test it thoroughly today. I mean, it is, after all, afternoon. So, um, you know, it's uh, five o'clock somewhere, I guess. Um, so why don't we... I, I don't know if I can actually do this. I want I'm, I want to time you. Oh no! I want to know if your head is on right. All right. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you pass the mic over to Loretta, and uh, Loretta, as a as a naturalized citizen of the United States, I, I'm sure that the. Uh, well, wait. She's giving me that. Weird oh no! Look. I have I have uh, test anxiety. This test is a anxiety. test. Oh yeah. So, no, so this is gonna work. This this, this is the pledge of allegiance. So. So I, I, know. I know that that was on the test. So uh, we have seven <laughs> seconds to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Mark, get set. Ready? Go. I, I pledge allegiance, allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, America to the republic for which it stands, stands one, one nation under God, God indivisible, indivisible, liberty, and justice just for all. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay. Failed. Sorry. Failed. Uh, we're gonna start Have you been drinking again, Loretta? <laughs> no, not. That, you know, not tell even us coffee. really the real reason why you were late today. <laughs> the real, <laughs> I told you I have test because anxiety. You said test. I yeah, have yeah, test yeah. anxiety. You know, no, I, it's only two seconds. I, I, I even failed the first time I did no, it. You, in, yeah, oh, 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 I oh, made, made it. it I made it. Oh, I made it. Well, you know, 
when we recorded our first episode today, before mm-hmm. we had to re- reboot it, mm. I did it in six seconds. Oh. I was stone cold six sober. So what happened between then and now? What's in that coffee? <laughs> well, you know, it is tasty. <laughs> I text my sister a lot, and I get these weird messages. Did you really read that? So first of all, you know, the voice text, the machine doesn't know my voice and gets everything wrong, so you can't trust it. And I have to type with one finger. I, I'm pretty sure that, that the author, Joshua Belter, needs to have a... a a revised edition updated and there needs to be a rule in there about using Siri or one of these personal assistants when transcribing text because you know there's been a lot of things that are miscommunicated in that some of them of a, a explicit nature huge mistake you know and when they do the you know the autocorrect or the auto spell I've often wonder who put those words in there because they will come up and you're going that is not safe for work take it off who does all right that? so so I have to admit that, that the worst typo when I'm typing fast the worst typo and I always get this is the word results it always becomes resluts <laughs> And every time, every time I read uh, anything I've written that has the word results in it, I just know, I just know that that resluts is going to show up. So um, I, I don't know. I've tried to fix it. It just never, it's never, never been remedied. So we're going to jump over um, to the book of rules, uh, uh, rule on page one thirty four. I looked this up earlier. I think it's a little apropos for. Mm. Uh, today, especially if you've been in Walmart lately. Um, Book of Rules, rule number 10-8, the wearing of pajamas. Individuals should be dressed in quote-unquote day clothing Mm -hmm. within two hours after waking. Human dignity mandates the daily changing of clothing. Pajamas may be worn in the home from shortly before bedtime until two hours after an individual awakens. Pajama wear is not permitted outside the home except for the swift retrieval of mail on the morning or the morning newspaper or other brief activities within the yard lasting 60 seconds or less. A. Clothing worn on the previous day constitutes pajama wear after it's worn to bed. So if you wore your clothing... (laughs) yesterday and went to bed i don't know maybe you were texting and drinking and uh you wore it to bed on purpose or maybe by accident i was gonna say they need to come do my laundry if that's a rule that you can't wear like clothes one day and then wear them again the next day well i think i think it's if you woke up in them oh it never happens never happens (laughs) so so if you woke up in your pajamas uh yeah that's no you can't do that um b individuals who sleep nude or who wear minimal pajamas shall be dressed immediately after waking. Please. Please do this. Uh, nobody wants to see that. C. A single, quote-unquote, day clothing free. End quote. Day. So, a day where you don't have to wear your day clothing. Okay. Is authorized once per week for individuals not ex- exiting the home. Day clothing free days are permitted any day of the week that the primary job is not conducted. So if you got a day off, it's Saturday, and you're just like, you know what? 
staying in my PJs today. That's fine. Just don't leave the house. There's got to be a loophole <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. I got to look through that. Yeah. All right. So D, along with severe alcoholism and social withdrawal, wearing pajamas away from the home is a nonverbal admission that an individual has completely given up on life. <laughs> Those individuals observed publicly wearing pajamas must be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect. So, I think we had some plucky commentary about our pre uh, presiding president uh, in the in the first hour. Yeah, I had to get clarification whether the basement counted as part of the house. Right. So but he, if, he if confirmed that if the basement counts as part of the. If house. you're in the basement, you can wear the pajamas as so long as it is a a, a cl day clothes wearing free day. Yeah, but he has to ask Jill. <laughs> no, isn't that how that works? I I don't. I always know. think when she's out there, he's always looking for her. You know, like, can I do that, Jill? Is that okay? Well, if he's anything like me, he needs Jill around a lot. <laughs> I don't need Jill, but Michelle keeps me walking the straight and narrow. So anyway, you know, Ammo Can Coffee Social Club is here to build friendship, faith, family, knowledge, and we like to have fun. So. We could talk about serious stuff all day, but since we're done with the serious rules in this book, we're going to move on. Uh, actually, um, you looked up earlier what the cost of the book, and it's written by Joshua Belter. He's a local here, works for a federal agency, so he understands manuals, the book of rules, the right way to do everything. How much was that on Amazon? It was only like four nineteen, and I tell you what, if just from what little I've heard, it would be a fun thing to have around. Now, now I know I know buying something on Amazon from Jeff Bezos makes Loretta crazy. Yeah, I can't deal But with I found it. a way around that. Oh. Because um, if you go on, I forget what it is. If you go on there and you, you can sign up to have a portion of whatever you spend mm -hmm. go to a mm -hmm. charitable organization. Mm -hmm. So ABC Pregnancy Count. Um, mm -hmm. I, anything that I buy, there's a percentage okay. that goes to them. And so that, that takes some of the angst away. Some of the angst. But I don't buy as but much But not anymore. all of it. No. <laughs> can't, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Maybe I'll get there, but, uh, you know. So, so today we're going to, as is a common theme, we're going to talk about words and the usage mm -hmm. of words and the left, specifically the uses of words by the left and how they seem just bent on changing the English language overnight to mean things it has never traditionally meant. And so... I'm going to actually start off this segment of our conversation with the word taco cat. Taco cat. You have not seen the t-shirt? Oh man, it's like super, su it, it's a taco with a cat in it. Which is also... Cat meat. Hair. <laughs> which is also what's known as a palindrome. Oh, cat. Yeah, taco yeah. Taco Same cat, right? Right, it's the same forward as backwards. Now, palindromes can be seen numerically. They can be seen uh, in, in uh, names and words, but they can also be seen in sentences. There's actually sentences. So if you're bored one night and you want to make up a palindrome sentence, I, I, that sounds like a challenging task. But I went online, I looked up these palindrome sentences. I found some interesting ones I wanted to share with you. Since we're talking about words and their meanings, and how th everything seems to be switched around these days. 
Draw, oh coward. Oh, yeah. Draw, oh coward. coward? Right? Right? Okay. Uh, The next one, this one, this one's a little uh, ominous. Dog, as a devil deified, lived as a god. Dog, as a devil deified, lived as a god. You know, this actually describes a dog I had once. His name was Yogurt. He was a little Jack Russell Terrier, like, demon (laughs) child. This dog... First of all, don't name your dog after a dairy product, especially if you live in a highly densely populated area and you find yourself out in your slippers and pajamas at 11 o'clock at night trying to find your stupid dog that ran off. I think there were some people in Valdez that thought I was insane. You know, well, they, were, I was wandering through the trailer park because he was I've always, breaking the pajama rule. I was breaking the pajama rule. I was, I you it, know, I've always lived in the upper echelons of society. So in the trailer park where I was living in, in Valdez, I would be shuffling around the trailer park doing my best Joe Biden impression, shouting the words yogurt over and over they, again. They wondered why you were selling yogurt at midnight too. Yeah, you they, know, they're probably on. like, man, I hope that guy doesn't try to send a text tonight. <laughs> so, anyway all right so dog as a devil deified lived as a god mm-hmm. we gave that dog away by the way oh. to a woman who had um diabetes and tragically she passed away but while that dog lived with her she would literally drive through the mcdonald's drive through to buy the dog mcdonald's hamburgers i'm sure the dog's not we, alive we get <laughs> no <laughs> but the last time i saw that dog he was so morbidly obese, I pretty much swore off McDonald's. I was like, oh my gosh. I didn't even know it was possible for a Jack Russell Terrier to look like a Vienna sausage. I mean, he was so fat, you couldn't even really demarcate where his legs and feet sort of were. But anyway, um, and he was, a, he was a devil dog because he got so spiteful. I, I think McDonald's food made him angry, too. He got so spiteful that if his owner did not do everything he wanted, he would find her shoes and crap in her shoes. <laughs> so so this palindrome is, is, is I think it's pretty accurate. So that's talent right there, being able to capture that. The next one is kayak salad, Alaska yak. That, that was one that was penned for our friends in Homer. Uh-oh. Kayak salad. <laughs> if we had to describe the political environment in Homer, maybe kayak salad. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, and the, the last one I thought was great. It, 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 ironic. It was fitting for the show. Star comedy by Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same forward as it is backward. Star Although it comedy. doesn't seem like much of a comedy these days. No, though. no, more of a but tragedy. If we can't, tragic comedy. Yeah. You have to laugh because if you don't laugh, you're crying yeah. or shouting, screaming into the night. Yeah. So we're talking about double standards. We're talking about double meanings. And we're talking about the word insurrection. First of all, I have to preface this question by asking you, Susan, are you a white nationalist? Nope. Are you sure? I'm, I'm pretty positive. Uh, I am Alaska Native. Oh, so that that okay. doesn't preclude. Uh, but you really self-identify as white, right? Uh, actually, I identify more with my native mother because my grandmother, who raised up my dad to be native-like, even though he was. But not. you're conservative. Very conservative. You're not allowed to do that. 
You, well, you have I to choose the label that the I wife gives you. I haven't read the rule book completely, so I apologize for not following the rules, but I am not a white nationalist. So, um, so in all seriousness, the, the reason I do this, not to be off-putting or to put you on your guard, but it's, it's to say, you know, this is the narrative that the left is pushing, is mm-hmm. that if you yeah. don't agree with them, that you are somehow white nationalist. It doesn't matter if you're Alaska Native, Hispanic, uh, African American, Eskimo, uh, you know, uh, uh, if you're a resident of Pluto. Well, the whole, the whole white nationalist narrative is to divide us so that we are, I can't sit next to a Canadian without um, having a dif- uh, some kind a of defense. A difficult time. Um, you know, and uh, I, I didn't think about this in the other segment, but my, I had a son that was living in Minneapolis, and uh, there was a guy down there that was a very good to my son, and I had never met him. Um, and I talked to him on the phone and stuff. But, but when I finally met him, I met I thought he was a giant of a man. I knew he was um, black, but I thought he was a giant of a man because of what he had done for my son, and I just genuinely love the man. And he's tiny. Yeah. He's, I'm taller than him. <laughs> and, uh, but I love this man who was so good to me and my family. Um, and I didn't, the, the color of his skin didn't even enter into the picture. Obviously, you're white nationalist. So I think I have probably disappointed some of the um, left by destroying the narrative that I'm a white nationalist. But that's, you know, that, that's a wonderful example because that's where I felt we were getting, just as a bystander watching, you know, just my life, other people's lives, uh, my experience I had in different states we lived in and the interactions I had. And I really think that they didn't like it because there was less, you know, controversy when you could go to an African-American and, and see them as a friend. Well, now they've, you know, they've art- put these artificial barriers. I feel sorry for anyone who's a minority and even Caucasians, for anyone who's any color. I actually have to admit, I start to look at different you know, people that have different nationalities because I, I correct myself, what can I say to this person? And that's what this, this whole Black Lives Matter has done. It's made me sit down and say, well, what can I say? Before I wouldn't care. But now I, I, I edit everything. I edit, I edit, I go, or are they, even to the point where are they gay? Would they be transsexual? <laughs> Would they be this? Would they be that? I, and and it's, it's horrifying. I don't like it. I don't understand how other people live, how people want to live like that. Let's put it that way. But that's what, how they want us to live. They want us to look at you. Yes. Are you uh, white? Are you black? Are you uh-huh. native? Or are you Hispanic? Or, or, or are you uh, transsexual or whatever? Yeah. You know, they I have like all Calvin these. and Hobbes, transmorgified. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, and that whole that whole agenda that they have by separating and adding another category when we're one category, the human race, and um, it's that's even becoming um, almost like a. Well, they, they they now have have people who are self-identifying as animals. Oh yeah, cats it's a sad and, thing that they're confusing. you know, and 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 so so what we're the the topic for discussion today really is, and we've kind of gone around the bush you know avoiding all the COVID on the way there 
um, to get to this point, but but we're we're talking about the the rebranding or definition of words, um, and words have meanings, and um, the left likes to use words however they choose to to context. fit their yeah to fit their agenda, and one of the words we hear being bandied about a lot today is insurrection. Mm. So, um, insurrection. What does insurrection mean? Uh, before we get into the definition of that, I want to want to jump back to Susan real quick and you know um, as a white nationalist um, uh, what were you doing in January well first of all I want to say I wouldn't be me if it wasn't for my dad who we always thought was Scottish and then he found out he was Welsh in other words he was white European mm. and then he had the I, I wouldn't call the Welsh European whatever but more my dad had that. the. Um, I'm Welsh. So. At least the, so- <laughs> the sense to come to Alaska. Right. And he met my mother, and I, I was uh, uh, one of the results. And okay. so I'm really glad to have a very. In fact, my children used to call my mother Black Grandma. Black Grandma. Black Grandma. And their other grandmother was White Grandma. Mm-hmm. And when White Grandma didn't like my mom being called Black Grandma, because she had black, black hair and dark oh. skin. I had to say to my kids, you know, that kind of offends some people. They think there's it, you're saying something bad to grandma, black grandma. So, okay. And pretty soon... So you changed your vocabulary. No, they did. Okay. They changed, so pretty soon my mother was being called orange grandma. <laughs> and the other grandma was blue grandma. Blue grandma. And we called my grandmother Uma, which is the Elliot word for right. grandmother, so that we couldn't use that one. Why are you calling black grandma orange grandma now? Well, orange is my favorite color. So, you know, children, why so are we... So they were showing favoritism to well, they just, your Elliot. You know, why don't we go back to being children right. and, and right. S- speaking the love that we have, whether it's black or white... Yeah. It's grandma. So this show isn't supposed to be about critical race theory, but I could see a jumping off point here where yeah, we could jump all the way over into that yeah. field, which we'll have to save yeah. for another time. But uh, this word insurrection, um, you know, uh, in January, you went on a trip. Where did you go? I was fortunate to go to Washington, D.C. Um, and I li- I'll back up a little bit. In November, I did watch the election. Prior to that, I watched all the debates and all the stuff that the political parties do um, and both sides and on election night I knew of course President Trump was going to be reelected but I watched some of the um, returns coming in and some of the numbers and I think it was on CNN where Biden got you know like 375 points up and at the same time Trump's numbers went down how does that happen so something was not right something was wrong and um, so then uh, um, when, when he was dec- uh, uh, Biden was declared the winner, um, you know, what a heartbreak. And we, I knew something was wrong. And then I found out right before Christmas that a friend of mine that we grew up together was going to Washington, D.C., and I invited myself along. And so she and I attended the um, um, rally in, in Washington, D.C., and um, it was it was awesome when we went down there. The insurrection. Mm. 
Okay, all right, I'll stop. Yeah, we need to, we really want to look at that word insurrection because when we were there, um, you know, the atmosphere at the time was so upbeat. We knew, we we had a hope, we, you know, you never lose hope. I still have hope, but we we had a hope with Trump, I mean with Pence, that we would get the, we would at least get 10 days to take a look at this because we knew something was wrong. Anyway, we went down, um, we, uh, had to go, you know, we had to get there very, very early. And then we, um, when we went through to get into the ellipse, um, we had to go through real stringent security. I mean, <laughs> I mean, everything came out. And I, I didn't realize that we weren't supposed to take backpacks, but I had a backpack full of water and food because Muriel Brower, <laughs> I keep calling her Bowser. I'm sorry. I, I apologize, Muriel, but you know. Bow, wow, wow, yippee yo, yippee Well, but, but you know, it's like that little terrier dog that was pooping in, in shoes before we get down there. See, everything's connected. Everything yes, is yes, connected. Before we get down there, we knew that she was shutting down all the shops. Mm-hmm. So if there was any food that you wanted, any water, mm-hmm. you're not going to get it there. She wanted to make that. And then when we went through, we had this, there was a huge bank of porta potties, and I don't use porta potties. I'd rather go behind a bush. Um, Be careful, there's COVID there. But I risk myself yeah. COVID. But anyway, we found out that she had actually taken half. There was twice as many because there was a lot of people and they expected a lot of people. And um, so anyway, we go through security and we're in the inside. We're not too far from the media um, section. And we heard Mo Brooks and, um, you know, just a lot of the speakers, the, the sons and Guilfoyle. And um, it was a, it was up lifting you know we went down there with you know it's an uplifting insurrection it was, yeah <laughs> okay so, so but we were there and we were having a great time we we were you know i was telling him earlier that when i'd gone to washington dc um two times before the first the first introduction you know big cities i'm not yeah. very good with them um we just kind of did a cab ride through and got to see the things from a distance that was good enough for me because getting out and it's it's a scary thing being around big people i mean big big population for me. And so the second time I went down there, we took the advantage, I was down there for conferences, but we took the advantage of taking a uh, car into the city and walking from, we got left off right in front of the Trump um, post office that's now, you know, a beautiful building. And we, we, there was three of us, so we were walking and we walked over to the Washington Monument and, you know, that whole thing about pride, feeling like we are part of something that has never been in the world. You know, we have, we're in this country that has democracy, and um, you know, I have rights. Uh, and and it's just a proud place. And and we when we went there, we went down and saw the um, military um, memorials, which were pretty awesome and sobering. And and then we went to um, the Lincoln Memorial. Ooh. And when you walk into the Lincoln Memorial and when you think about mm-hmm. what he had done for our country, you know, he didn't want a divided country. And that's what we are now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. He wanted us unified. And um, it, was, it was so awe-inspiring to be there um, and, and just to, you know, no more reading it on books or watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. You got to be there and touch it. My daughter and I visited uh, Washington for a week in at the end of uh, 2019, and as a Canadian, 
it really was, I'm an American now, but it, it, was, it was the epitome. It showed a country that cared about its history, about its culture, about its heroes, about itself, that it would build a city such as Washington, D.C. Go to, you know, I've never been to Ottawa, but I've seen pictures. Canada doesn't, doesn't have anything like that. I don't think England does. I don't think. I mean, they have the Houses of Parliament, but it doesn't have that huge complex with all the, I mean, it's sort of integrated into the city. London's got monuments everywhere, but yeah. it's not a design. It's, yeah. Not, yeah. it's not necessarily I a, mean, a grand plan. Yeah, there's something so... We, got, we yeah. got to build from the foundation forward. We began with a plan. Yes. You know, and even we when... We didn't you, arrive at the yeah, plan after no. centuries of mistakes. No. But, but even when you include, you know, uh, uh, the, the National Cemetery in there and you go watch the, you know, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and you watch any of that, I was so, yeah, I was, I just didn't know what to say a lot of times and my daughter was just awestruck that this was so spectacular and now to see what it's come to and I think that's where you're going with this. Well, and that's the sad part. I think that's the heartbreaking part is to go down for, um, you know, after seeing what happened for, in the election and then going down there to just hope, attempt at um, having our voices be heard because that's what we're about, America's about, is our voices being heard and going back down there and not having the pride in my country like oh. I should. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, uh, and I think that's part of the ammunition that the left uses, break that, break the pride. Well, and I think it's important to recognize also in our previous conversations, you were talking about the, sort of the work you did before you went, that you reached out to your congressional delegation. I did. And you set up appointments and you were going to go see them. And they used COVID as an excuse that we couldn't go into the gallery anymore. So, um, so when we went down there and we were in the ellipse, so one of the things I was telling earlier is that we knew Trump was going to come at 11 o'clock and he was going to speak for 20 minutes and then we were going to march up to the Capitol and um, just make our voices being heard. And not that wasn't breaking windows and he didn't incite us to do anything. Um, we had come down with that plan before. Mm -hmm. We just wanted our congressional delegation to hear our voice. Something was not right nefarious that word mm -hmm. and so um he didn't come and it was almost noon and the, you could feel the atmosphere and in, in the you know people were getting excited and standing on chairs so i stood on my chair and and did a, th a 360 and in i don't know how many people were inside the ellipse um, it was full, but from the ellipse all the way back to the Washington Monument, it was a sea of red. And then up, you set up into the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah, and so, and I didn't, see, I couldn't see that from where my point was, but but from the Lincoln, from the Washington Monument all the way to the Lincoln Memorial and the reflecting pool, I knew from other speakers that that was full as well. So the amount of people that were there was a huge number. It wasn't just a few thumb, you know, thousands, like the 45,000 that might be at a Trump rally. Um, now I, I'm sure there was millions, could be way more than that. But it was so exciting. And, you know, it was very, we, we were very patriotic. These were people that love our country, and you could feel it. And so Trump came, and he spoke not 20 minutes, but an hour and I think 11 minutes. And I think at, at 1.11 he stopped speaking. And then, you know, we're, the, we're all jazzed, um, uh, singing the patriotic songs along with the loud music. 
and then we had to when we left we had to go through the gauntlet you could we couldn't go just straight to the street we had to go back through security we didn't you know and back around so there was a wave in front of us but not very far ahead and we were following along and um, when we got up to I'm not sure the name of the street I think it was Pennsylvania Avenue but I don't know there was a cross street right alongside um, the Washington Memorial and we we're walking up Constitution Avenue well we didn't get past that first street cross street and some guy in white came running through the crowd and yelling the Capitol's been uh, breached the Capitol's been breached and we're like what um, but, but you know it's just some guy running around saying the Capitol's been breached and we were trying to figure out what that meant um, and my f my friend that I was with she's much more street savvy than I am and uh, uh, we continued walking up, up the street, and I saw a guy in black. And it was a cop to me. I mean, it was a policeman. Mm -hmm. Helmet, flak jacket, you know, and everything. So I, let's get up there. And I forgot to tell you that we had, had uh, um, commissioned this uh, Marine to be our protectors. We met him, you know, it was dark out. So we saw him standing by this tree, and he was wearing, uh, wearing his... Uh, jacket that had a big marine symbol on it and we know once a marine always a marine so you're now our protector and he bought, I mean he became our protector and so we were walking up the street with George and the marine and um, I, we got close to this uh, guy in black and my friend said started backing off you know and she said that's that's not a cop and I said how can you tell and sure enough he's what not wearing the right kind of boots and not right kind of um, slacks and or pants and Plus, she saw what do we call them? Brass knuckled knives and stuff. In Knuckle his, buster knife. Yeah, in his pockets and stuff. So that kind of confirmed the rumors that we had heard before we went down there that Antifa, BLM are going to cause trouble and they may um, try to infiltrate uh, what we were doing. So anyway, we walk, walked on up and we got up to the. You could see the Capitol looming in front of us. And when we got up there, we had to go through a parking lot, and then there was a retaining wall that some guy had a bullhorn, and he was trying to get everybody to come over this retaining wall and get up on the steps of the Capitol. And I'm not going to climb up a six-foot retaining wall. I just walked around and walked up the steps. Mm -hmm. And my friend was concerned about going up on the, on the steps, and plus I had a backache from carrying all the water and stuff I was. And so we stood... Um, we stayed on the lawn and watched, and we could see the Capitol Police up there. Yeah. Come on up, come on up, yeah. you know, and everything was, people were... Um, so for those of you who can't see Susan, she's she's <laughs> gesturing with welcoming arms. Come on up, come on up. Come on up, and they were, and they were inviting people yeah. in just, you know, and there, there was no skirmishes, no pushing and shoving, and people were ra waving their flags. They weren't and, brandishing their firearms. And they weren't brandishing firearms or sticks or clubs or any of that. They were, there were people climbing up, uh, um, you know, the big wall up in front of the Capitol, which I thought was ridiculous. The steps are right there. But it was just people. And then we did see somebody on the roof, and they put down a... a, a a banner mm. and I think it was something like stop the steal or something like that mm. um, but they got up on the roof somehow I don't know how um, but um, anyway so we we were just enjoying the crowd and you know being in our uh, by our capital we already knew oh, I forgot to tell you the um, 
phones were sh somehow scrambled. She couldn't get um, a message, text, or phone out to her husband who was not in the city, and uh, um, he wasn't able to get in. But when we were leaving, I got a call from Kenai, and my husband was saying, uh, Trump's, or Pence not, isn't going to do it. He yeah. presented Pelosi with a letter, did the elbow bump, and got a, like, like a little coin or something from her. He's not going to do it. Yeah. And we were like, what? Um, we, uh, we really truly believed that Trump would um, listen to the people, mm -hmm. but he didn't. And so there was that. Or Pence, you mean? Pence. Yeah, Pence, Pence, I meant. Pence, I meant Pence. But, so there was a little bit of a, uh, you know, a deflation in a, mm -hmm. when we heard that. Um, but we still went up there to make our voices be heard. And we were there probably half an hour, 45 minutes and, or before that. It, we saw this flare go up. And it looked like, um, I always call it bear spray, but um, pepper, spray. pepper spray, you know, and it had gone, it was pink. And when that happened, then uh, my friend said, mm, it's, I think we might want to think about moving out. And I wasn't ready to leave. Um, so, so at this point, where were you standing? I was standing on the lawn f under a big oak, oak tree. Okay. You know, so now the FBI knows where I was, and they can look at those pictures. <laughs> I was wearing my otter skin hat and my otter skin. That's probably the only thing that saved you from an FBI, you know. I did have sunglasses on because it was sunny out, so. Well, you know, the, the, the family down in Homer that was raided by the FBI, they uh, used a photo of a woman who did not have the same genetic markers as the woman that they intruded into her home. She didn't have the same earlobes and... She uh, was not in the building, apparently, and but they used that a photo of somebody who resembled her as an excuse to force their way into their business mm -hmm. and well, then also take their personal property, their electronics, yeah. and hold them for three hours without reading them their rights and without providing them representation and, you know, and... I'll bet you, out of that million-plus people that were there, that there was somebody that looked like me. Yeah. Fortunately, I don't have a plane ticket that said that I went to D.C. because I didn't, I didn't I go, to but the, I went to go to D.C. But I thought the Homer people, I thought I'd read somewhere that someone had actually forwarded, it was someone that knew that couple had said, hey, this looks like, so it's even worse than we think. Somebody informed on them. Yes, somebody yeah. informed on them, and I, th I believe I'm correct on that. They said, hey, you might just want to take a look at this woman because she looks a lot like that photo. So well, that's even scary. All, all kidding aside, you know, I've, I've used the word white nationalist a couple of times in this episode, and, you know, recently the, the FBI came out and encouraged families to start informing on each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, Nazi what, Germany what country over. does that? Nazi Germany. <laughs> Oh, yeah, wait. Well, <laughs> aside from Nazi Germany. Oh, Joe Biden's American. Oh, wait, yeah. um, yeah. China, China, right? Yeah. China. Uh, Russia? What, aside from China and Russia and Nazi Germany. Um, Probably. North Korea, maybe? Maybe. Canada's yeah. starting to. How, how about Iran? Yep. Iran. Oh, wait. Are we, what kind of bar are we setting here? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of nation are we evolving into? So, you know, it, this... this uh, this idea of white nationalism. I mean, we had a woman that came into our shop recently and stood in the in the living room, uh, dining room here, and uh, was approached and asked if she could be served. And she said, "No, I'm just here to see the white the, the white supremacists." <laughs> Repeated over and over. We had her trespass from the property. You know, she comes back, the police will arrest her. But, mm -hmm. but the point is, is that 
they're, the left is becoming increasingly emboldened yeah. yes. to use bully tactics in mm-hmm. violence against people who are expressing their political discomfort mm-hmm. and displeasure with a non-responsive government mm-hmm. and a corrupt government and what's perceived to be a corrupt electoral system. And, you know, a lot of people feel disenfranchised, disheartened, mm-hmm. like they don't have a voice. Yeah. But that's what we, we do. We do have a voice and we better start speaking it. We need to start speaking. So one of the things that I don't, I, when we were um, standing on the lawn, I, we got a, a, I get alerts on my phone, and there was a, a text message alert from the mayor of D.C. saying that there's a um, curfew at 6 o'clock. And um, we had planned to leave the city before dark anyway. Um, but my friend wanted to leave right now. So it was probably, I don't know, maybe 3.30 or 4 or something. I can't remember the time. Um, but it was after the flare went up, and then this kid came down who had gotten um, some of that stuff in his eyes, and so I gave him a bottle of water to wash him out and stuff like that. And he, he was okay, but he was getting, getting his eyes taken care of, and then he was going to go back up on the steps. And my friend wanted to get out of there, so we kind of moseyed east. She wanted to go back into town, and I said, no way, that's, I think we're going to be walking back into the pit. So we decided to go east, and when we went East, we came to the first major street was just jam-packed of cops, and they were not getting riot gear off; they were getting riot gear on. Mm-hmm. Why are they putting riot gear on? Um, we, you know, because from what we could see, there was no rioting; there was just flag waving and stuff. So, but she went to talk to the police about how to get out of there, and I was standing back, and this young, handsome kid, um, you know, in his twenties, wearing a be- nice woolen, like a you know, like a, a, ja- a woolen coat that you would, you know, expensive coat. And he had a Trump scarf on, one that you could buy on the road. And um, he comes running towards me laughing, you know, and Trump scarf didn't scare me, so um, I'm just staring at, looking at him. But he opened his coat, and inside the coat you could see canisters of... Um, the pepper spray, and he said, I just emptied those, I don't know, about six cops or something like that. And I'm like, what? And he takes off running. Um, and so we thought, yeah, we need to get out of here now. And then, so we made our way out, and um, we finally found the right street, and we were going down the street, and there was a, a cop car with lights going on, and these buses, four, four big uh, travel buses behind it, and then another cop with lights on going the opposite direction of what we were walking. And there's only one street in and out of the city. And um, so we thought that was kind of, I never had it, should have taken pictures. But when we got down to where our stop was to wait for the Uber, um, there was a couple people waiting too. And they said, those were, did you see those, those buses? Those are what they brought the Antifa and BLM people in earlier. So they had a escort in and an escort out. So I mean, all these uh, you read the wrong travel brochure i know i know and so just think of how much more convenient it would have been if if uh i don't know the the mayor had offered you a ride in and out of the city you wouldn't have had to do all that walking with the water (laughs) well what 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 i i say tell this about because it bothered me as soon as we got home we had all we're hearing all the stuff in the news about how you know, we started this insurrection, we started all this trouble. We did not start the trouble. If we look at the timeline, 
and and just that guy running through saying that the Capitol's been breached, that was done before, and I think that's why Trump talked for an hour and 11 minutes, is he knew something was going on, he held us there. Mm. It happened, So I, and, but you don't hear about the timelines. Mm. The news isn't talking about the timelines. And it, what time and it of takes the day, a while to walk that distance. That's no short distance. It was a good 45 yeah. minutes. You know, I've, I've been we on were, the Capitol, yeah. and I told you this before, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I took a group of kids up there when I was part of a youth program, and we were uh, had some congressional appointments that we were going to. And I was more health conscious at that point in my life, wearing a pedometer and counting calories and stuff. And at the end of the day, after walking back and forth on that that mm -hmm. mall and going back and forth between the Hart Building and I can't remember the name of the other building Ray, the, where Ray the Senate, Lisa. yeah, Rayburn, Ray the Rayburn Ray Building. You know, going back and forth from the congressional offices and. And then doing some of the, the sightseeing on the monuments, we'd walk like 24 miles that day. Mm -hmm. And it is no short distance. And so it's like Trump doesn't just release people from the rally and then instantaneously there's a, uh, a riot on the Capitol building. You I, know, something had to be happening during... I think during that whole break-in was before yeah. Trump even started speaking. But you can't get anybody to speak about the timelines. It's this, they're covered, I, I feel, it's mm -hmm. my opinion, that that's being covered up just as the, mm -hmm. the guy who killed Ashley um, Babbitt. Where, you know, I said earlier that uh, um, when Floyd was shot and killed, or not shot and killed, but... It, George, George, George Floyd, Floyd was, was killed by killed a police by officer. Police officer we had his name right away, but we still don't have the name of the policeman. Well, they do now. Well, let's let's take a let's yeah. take a minute to look. Not, let's, not officially. Let's no. take a, a minute to look at William uh, or the Merriam-Webster online mm -hmm. dictionary definition of insurrection. Mm -hmm. It says insurrection, an act or instance of revolting against civil authority or an established government. And then they provide some synonyms for insurrection. Insurgents, insurgency, mutiny, outbreak, rebellion, revolt, revolution, rising, uprising. And then they say choose the right synonym for insurrection. And this gives some examples. Rebellion, revolution, uprising, revolt, insurrection, mutiny. Mean an outbreak against authority. Rebellion implies an open, formidable resistance that is often unsuccessful. Open rebellion against the officers is the example they give. Mm -hmm. Revolution applies to a successful rebellion, resulting in a major change as in government. And the example they give is a political revolution that toppled the monarchy. Uprising implies a brief, limited, and often immediately ineffective rebellion. The example is quickly put down the uprising. Revolt and insurrection imply an armed uprising that quickly fails or succeeds. A revolt by the young Turks that surprised party leaders is the example. An insurrection of oppressed laborers. Mutiny applies to group insubordination or insurrection, especially against naval authority, a mutiny led by the ship's cook. So um, here's another example of insurrection in a sentence. The famous insurrection of the slaves in ancient Rome under Spartacus, which actually resulted in slaughter. 
right, if you read history and understand mm -hmm. what insurrection means. And so Nancy Pelosi has convened a kangaroo court of a commission that's only been seen in banana republics, a term that I heard earlier today, or earlier this week that seemed to fit very well, mm -hmm. um, to promote and push this idea of insurrection. And the mainstream media is not going to tell us what actually happened. And even if you consume alternative media, you sometimes have to wonder, even from their perspective, what's being spun. So the nice thing about this format and our social club here is that we get to meet regular folks like ourselves who have experienced things in their life that provide eyewitness perspective that doesn't come through a third party or a fourth party or through the game of telephone and Susan you're providing our community that perspective and I thank you for having the courage to stand up and uh, to speak out against the misuse of this term you know there's over 500 people who have been arrested under the auspices of this idea of insurrection and they're being held and many of them without charge or without uh, trial yet and it's been nearly eight months mm -hmm. since they were arrested many of them mm -hmm. and many of them were remanded to the DC jails and reports are coming out now that during that time they have remained in isolation again using COVID as the excuse but they've mm -hmm. remained in isolation for nearly eight months which in and of itself is considered an inhumane act. They're only allowed one hour a day out of isolation. And uh, another story has just emerged that one of those folks in isolation was so savagely beaten by one of the correction officers that he lost his eye. And the question must be asked, what heinous thing can you do while you're in isolation? Yes to warrant a response from a correction officer that results in permanent bodily injury to that level. You know, I might understand a twisted ankle or sprained wrist or, you know, a problem with the, you know, maybe you, maybe you break a finger or something because you're put in a restraint or a hold or something. But to, to lose an eye, you have to be savagely beaten in the face. It's, it's the same same emotion that motivates a community member of you own a business in a community to walk into your very pleasant coffee shop stand there and insult people by saying i want to see the white supremacist it, and if we don't think it is if we sit down and we say this is in isolation and that's in isolation and the you know, critical race theory that they're trying to impose and the trans agenda, if they are all part of the same agenda. They are. They, they may not all be working together, but these group people are all seeing this is an opportunity to really disrupt things that have held us together, not only as Americans, but as, you know, citizens that live in all different cultures, because it's not just happening here. It's happening in a lot of other countries in the world, this, this disruption. And I don't know how you deal with it. Well, we need to start waking up. And one of the things about that commission, I believe that that commission has been um, convened to cover up what really happened. Um, that's we can see that because of the uh, the Republicans that weren't 
um, mm -hmm. weren't allowed to be part of that commission. Yeah. Also, yeah. the question: How how can how can they get a true answer about why we know we know that they knew that there was going to be a problem of some sort prior to January 6th. They knew that days before. Yeah, whether it was whether it was Trump supporters mm -hmm. or BLM or Antifa, we had a whole long summer history of Antifa right. and BLM burning things down and beating people up. And they had they had uh, um, intel ahead of time that there was going to be a problem. So why did she not? Why did she not increase the numbers of military police rather than decrease them? She being... Pelosi. Nancy and Pelosi. so, you know, in her position to convene this, this commission, she's got the players on there that can totally um, pervert the actual events that happened. Well, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm not the quickest on the uptake. And, uh, you know, when you look at concepts in the Bible that they're trying to drive home, and say, you know, this is super important information and we just don't think you get it. So we're going to say it again and again and again and again, just so that you will understand. You know, and this is a concept that in academia, they'll say you need to hear something three to seven times before you'll really understand. And so when we look to the U.S. Constitution, here's a concept that's repeated a number of times. In the Fifth mm -hmm. Amendment, it says no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a present, uh, uh, presentment or indictment, I'm sorry, of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, the, the military. I added that part. When in actual service, in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So that's being spun. That's why they're using the word insurrection, because yeah. in, insurrection also mm -hmm. has uh, connotations of being war. Yeah. And so they're trying, I mean, when you step back and look, at there was no war going on. The only but person killed was one of the, the protesters. By one of the Capitol, Capitol Police. Police or somebody inside that chamber. I was listening to Buck Sexton earlier this week, and, and uh, he pointed out that that officer who shot her on the videotape gave no direction to stop and no warning, mm -mm. which is at the very least against operational procedure. And why was CNN in there? videotaping it correct so it's these, a these setup quite, from the day one now we want to change to we want to change these people who are patriotic love our country want our freedoms they want to change it into an insurrection now and then they're going to change that to warfare so then what are they doing holding those people in prison as uh for eight months yeah, political as, prisoners well and 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 they were at war with no due process no charges being uh, no grand jury, no charges, no and, and not in a transparent public way. No, they just kept how many legislators from going into that prison? Right. Lawmakers, right? You know the Sixth Amendment. It's, so we heard the Fifth. The Sixth Amendment says, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy enjoy mm -hmm. the right to a speedy and public trial. 
by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, with district, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, <laughs> to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. And finally, in, in case you're slow, uh, <laughs> the 14th Amendment says, All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. And so as we talk about as we talk about insurrection and the government and the leftist media's complete cover up of and collusion with and of the Antifa and Black Lives Matter uh, riots and, dare I say, insurrection of the previous summer. Um, you know, the only insurrection that I can see actually occurred in Seattle with the CHOP Zone mm-hmm. or CHAZ, mm-hmm. where they forcibly took a, an American city hostage took a section of it, made it autonomous, said that it was its own nation, its own sovereign entity outside of the United States, policed its parameter with firearms, and ultimately killed two people. Mm-hmm. But that was called a protest. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, mm-hmm. words have meanings, well, uh, words have consequences, and if we do not stand together shoulder to shoulder in solidarity you know, and this is one of the main tenets of our guiding principles here at the, the, the social club, where one voice may be easily silenced. Many voices raised in righteous solidarity must prevail. So you've been listening to the Ammo Can Coffee, conservative hour of power and enlightenment salon. Our guest today has been Susan Wells, local community member. Alaska native, born in Soldovia, uh, not a white nationalist, um, who was a patriot, who went to D.C. Who is a patriot. Is a patriot. patriot. Went to D.C. to have her voice heard by her congressional delegation and watch the media and the left spin that into a complete falsehood. And um, we need to stand together shoulder to shoulder with people like Susan. (laughs) We need to support them, and we need to say not in my community, not here, not now. And if enough of us in our communities do this and enough communities across the state do this, we can push back against the Dunleavy administration, against Juno and their arbitrary edicts on COVID and all things not supported by the the constituency of the state. And then maybe, just maybe, we can become part of a national movement that we're starting to see emerge in places like Arizona and Pennsylvania where the pushing back against the lies so thank you for joining the ammo can coffee conservative hour of power loretta has a final word 
Well, no, you, you talk about a national movement. I actually think this is a, an international movement because I think there's people in, you watch what's happening in England, France, Germany. They're starting to see their Cuba. rights being... Cuba. Cuba, even. Cuba. Cuba. Because, you know, we want our lives back. We want our cultures back. We want our families back. We want the rights back that Susan's we Susan's biting her finger, have. by the way. You, you know, can't so see it. She's so, she's so anxious to say something. Well, here, she's, I'll pass it over. She's creating you. bodily harm to herself. Oh, because it's not, you know, I believe in the international, but it's more yeah. intranational. Yes. Right. If we yes. don't do that yes. in Soldotna, Alaska, yeah. right. and key, on the Kenai Peninsula, yeah. It, we're not going to affect an overall change. Mm -hmm. You know, um, w we need to speak out now, mm -hmm. and we need to. And there's lots of ways to vote. You don't yeah. have to wait till yeah. the elections. You yeah. can vote with your dollars. Yeah. You can vote with your feet. If you, you have a, if you have a child in the school district, I used to work for the school district, and I loved our shame our on school. you. I loved our school. <laughs> uh, we had a great. I, I worked for a great. You know, school. schools schools were great. But when you I was know growing what? up here, they were Today, the center of the community. Homeschool. If they're going to try to mask up a child or um, silence a parent, the school board needs to be replaced, and pull your kids out of school. Yeah, pull your, right. There's some great pri private schools around. Put well, them you in know, there. If COVID has taught us anything, it's that it's demystified homeschool for so many families. Mm -hmm. and, and the folks that got to see what their kids were actually learning mm -hmm. through the distance delivery they received last year, I know a lot of them were horrified mm -hmm. and disgusted and upset and awakened. They got woke. <laughs> and and uh, you know maybe wokeness in yeah. the right context isn't a bad thing. I think and we need to go back to teaching uh, <laughs> English, language yeah. arts, grammar, yeah. grammar. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, intra, starting now, yes. people wake up, wake up. Um, I'm 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 praying for our country. I believe that that we're on the right upswing, but we still have a battle ahead. Well, of my it. hats off to you. Uh, I'm actually not wearing a hat for once. Uh, it looks great. <laughs> and that's my COVID haircut. Gave it to myself. Um, and uh, uh, we look forward to seeing you, um, our listeners, in the shop next Saturday, uh, 11 to 12. You can come and listen, or, or you can actually sign up to be a club member. And if you'd like to participate, we'd love to have you on, get your perspective. Because after all, it's about us. It's not about them. Thank you for joining the Conservative Hour Power. And like this a lot. See you next week.